0: Welcome to Marketing Meets Web3, a podcast that helps marketers navigate the news, trends, opportunities, and insights surrounding Web3. Today's conversation is for information purposes only and does not constitute legal or investment advice.
1: Hello, Nick. How are you doing? Hi, Alberto. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, but I am a bit... uh... A bit stressed because, uh, well, holidays, Christmas is coming up. And uh, that means that uh, there's uh, there's only one word in my mind at the moment. Can you guess which
2: one it is? Uh, Santa Claus, reindeer, snow. No, of
1: co- no, 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 no. Of course not. No, no. But the word in my mind is uh, Disney because Disney is
2: Christmas, basically, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. You better explain.
1: <laughs> yes. So. Well Disney to me has is, is the Christmas uh, uh, pastime basically you you watch movies from disney in, uh, in Christmas so I associate Christmas with uh, with Disney and the reason why I'm coming up with this uh, with this line is because uh, we need to talk about Disney uh getting away or maybe not from uh, the Christmas theme and getting on to the nFT slash, uh digital collectibles theme which uh, which they're going to do. Because they are launching this thing called uh, Disney Pinnacle, an officially lo- licensed NFT or data collectible platform, and that's uh, and that's that. So, what do you think? Are you gonna love Disney data collectibles?
2: I i'm so gonna love disney pinnacle collectibles i'm on the wait list with as many email addresses as i could find of course i knew that (laughs) obviously this is i'm excited i think this is going to be huge for the space um so yeah let's talk about some details it looks like this uh, disney pinnacle platform it's going to feature collectibles that are inspired by the different disney brands so we're talking about disney which would be all of their classic characters Pixar which are the animated films that they've been producing for oh gosh what is it 20 25 years at this point point? and then the Star Wars franchise which you know they acquired from George Lucas and has just been a huge part of their portfolio. Um, all of these digital collectibles then are going to be minted on the flow blockchain we'll come back to that one uh, it looks like they're gonna have a mobile first and focused design which you know absolutely makes sense I, I don't see a world in which Disney doesn't aim to be, you know, in the hands of their fans uh, more so than a screen, you know, the desktop. It just everybody's mobile first has been that way for a long time. But it's nice to see Web3 sort of stepping in line with current technology trends in terms of, you know, a really nice and accessible user experience. Um, it also looks like, uh, you know, timing wise, it's, it's interesting timing because, you know, they obviously didn't cook this up overnight. There's probably been a ton of work going on into this partnership for a long time but you know the announcement does coincide with what is looking to be like a resurgence in the nft market and i think that's that's a pretty interesting uh, overlap just in terms of the attention that we know always comes when when we see you know kind of the next wave in crypto Um, crypto is very cyclical i mean many industries are but crypto in particular and so Web3 kind of, you know, the attention rides alongside that. And, you know, I think a lot of projects stand to benefit from what's ahead. But those are the details. What are your thoughts? Well, this is, I think, probably the best example of, um, of
1: going for taking advantage of your IP. Right, we've talked about this in in the past with other companies, but in the case of Disney, I mean, they have some <laughs> they have so much IP they could be selling uh, digital collectibles uh, for decades. And um, and I think it's a, it's an interesting um a development that uh, they're jumping on this um, uh, so quickly. Actually, I wasn't expecting uh, somebody as big as, as Disney to get on this because uh, like two weeks ago we were talking about or. A few weeks ago, we we're talking about um, um, was it uh, Mattel, right? Um, selling selling right. their IP, yeah, yeah. and uh, and that that felt big, okay, Mattel, right? Uh, but I mean, Disney, is <laughs> a completely different game, and uh, yeah, and it's, it's happening really quickly. I I want to touch on the on the flow blockchain thing because you you said that you wanted to talk a bit about that, um, but uh, but before before we move on to that, um, I find it also interesting, or I'm curious basically what's going to happen with uh with the selling of this ip in the form of nfts or digital collectibles because um there's been some some um um talk about uh, disney maybe selling some of uh, its franchises and star wars has been one of them and i don't know what what happens if uh, you sell nfts from star wars and then you sell the star wars franchise uh who is the owner of those of those IPs? Well, I mean, of course, the new owner is the owner. But <laughs> but what happens with those um, with those NFTs that have already been sold? I don't know. I mean, this opens up to a few to a few um, um, well potential conversations that we'll see in the future. But um, also one one aspect that I that I found interesting is um, that well, there is some talk of uh, Disney selling some uh, franchises because uh, the company is not doing so well recently, and uh, these, um digital collectibles avenue i well i guess it's a small foray for them but still it's i guess part of a um an effort to innovate to to jump on top of things and um basically to be more proactive to try to get out of this uh, kind of uh downtown downtime that they're having now um and um i don't know uh, we will see what comes out of it but i think uh it's a very interesting development, and um, it could potentially um, help help Disney uh, become more innovative.
2: Yeah, I mean, Disney's been thinking Web three for a while. Uh, they they're actually they had an accelerator program where they were bringing Web three startups and ideas into their internal incubator, and so they've been they've been working on things I think quietly, understanding the space and starting to build up um, their own sort of internal knowledge base. I think, you know, what I see here is beyond just, you know, uh, th- there's obviously an aspect of how do they, how do they start, you know, capitalizing on some emerging trends and the timing thing is interesting, but I actually think this is a bigger strategic play for them. So, you know, Disney, if you think about where Disney is, they're in physical, they're in entertainment, they're in gaming. And I think what they're starting to see, or, or you know, if I were at Disney, what I would be seeing Is this trend that's being played out by Roblox, right? We're seeing Roblox just absolutely dominate the attention economy with younger generations. And so much so that, you know, I think in a recent episode, we talked about Roblox dating um, and how that might become a thing. But, you know, the, the big thing here is that Roblox is a closed ecosystem. And so if I'm at Disney and I have this massive catalog of IP and I want to be able to convince A partner like roblox that we should open up the doors or that we should make sure that we're part of that conversation you know getting my digital collectibles into the hands of my audiences is a great way to get people at roblox or similar companies to stand up and pay attention right it's like now because now you have this audience of people that are holding these disney collectibles why wouldn't i want to take that into an environment like roblox or an environment like meta You know, so it's it's this interesting push pull that I think we're going to see in the market, where brands start to proliferate their digital collectibles across their audiences, and now their audiences are empowered to basically, you know, they're activated or, or they're ready to be activated audiences by other digital experiences, and I think that's where we get this really interesting and what's going to be pretty wild overlap of metaverse interactions where people are jumping between experiences but they're taking their assets with them and of course that is the magic of web 3. <laughs> the magic and disney yeah uh but before we move on to the next
1: uh, to the next item um we don't usually get into the technology of things uh because what well, we want to simplify the message of course but uh, in this case, um, they're building, uh, well, they're minting these uh, NFTs or digital collectibles uh, on the Flow blockchain. And um, I want to maybe have a take, take thirty or one minute to talk about this. Uh, so, w- why is it why is it important that this is happening on the Flow blockchain?
2: I think it's significant for a couple of reasons. Um, so, Flow is the blockchain created by Dapper Labs, and Dapper Labs is the company that acquired Axiom Zen for a little bit of web3 history, Axiom Zen is the company that created CryptoKitties, and CryptoKitties were one of the first digital collectible projects, if not the real first digital collectible project on on blockchain. And in fact, it it got so popular so fast that it basically crashed Ethereum for a day. <laughs> I was I was at I was I remember the day that it crashed and everybody was freaking out. You know, communities were pinging each other like what's going on. And so that that is deep history and deep experience with blockchain technology that, you know, Dapper has on their side. They also, I think, strategically have been positioning themselves as a, with, with a focus on digital collectibles. And so Disney bringing this IP as digital collectibles to the flow blockchain, which is actually created, you know, to kind of support the digital collectible economy, I think just has the potential to really, really open up the aperture on web three when you have the overlap of both of these powerhouses in the industry you've got disney on one side you've got you know dapper and flow on the other side i just think that has the potential to really change the game and, and we'll see where this goes in the next cycle
1: yeah yeah these two giants getting together to do something that that's a it's a good setup <laughs> and uh let's let's move the setup and go farther or far away from uh from disney and get all the way to hong kong if you don't mind because in hong kong and i have to, have to read this because otherwise it's, it's, it's going to be hard so uh there's this legisl- legislative 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 I don't know, uh, council member advocate that uh is going to be well that 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 um, talk about uh, talked about web3 and how it could be integrated in in the economy to help um, the seniors of uh, Hong Kong the person this um, this con- this council member is uh, Johnny ng and uh, he made this um, he made this speech at the 2023 world internet conference uh, I'm guessing also in Hong Kong but this part I am guessing only so basically we have this person who is um, part of the um, part of the um, um, government in, 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 in Hong Kong or part of the um, council that is um, basically in charge of uh, create, creating uh, laws for, for, this, for this region, um, talking about Web3 and how it could help uh, the senior economy. And in particular, um, it's funny because he uses this example and example he uses is of the person is of a person from hong kong called pan lao lao and this is a senior internet celebrity that i don't know if you know i don't know him uh, but i don't know if you know um, he uses this uh, the internet to boost uh, rural economy activities and uh, demonstrates the potential of uh, seniors leveraging their experience for economic benefit and he's, he and johnny ng here the, the council member is um, is uh, is using this example as a model to demonstrate how web three could be could be helping uh, and, and, and technology in general could be could be helped uh, or could, could be helping sorry the, the senior um and uh, the senior part of their of their economy which um i find interesting if anything because um, seniors are usually left out when it comes to to technology advancements and um I found it interesting that this person, all the way there in Hong Kong, <laughs> is advocating for for the opposite. Is advocating for taking Web three and uh, use it to help uh, or, or make it available better for for the senior economy, so they can use it to well to demonstrate that they can still add value and um, and that they can take advantage of these um, of these technologies. Which uh, I don't know. I, I just found it um, very interesting and very inspiring. So, what do you think?
2: Well, so I'll preface my opinion here with, uh, the fact that this person is a legislator <laughs> they're a politician. Yeah. And so my guess is that the focus on the senior economy has something to do with, uh, his or her constituency. Um, and so, uh, you know, th- I, I'm taking this with a little bit of a grain of salt. However, I think the message is really important and I'm glad to see it happening this early in the life of web three, because you're right. Oftentimes I think aging generations are left behind or not prioritized in the push forward with new technology. You know, you think about cell phones and how long did it take our grandparents to get a cell phone if they have one, you know, then smartphones and then text messaging and social media. And it seems like they're always the last to adopt and not because they don't know how to do it. You know, my, my, my grandparents and parents know how to use technology just as well as anyone else. It's just that it's not generally, the prioritized use case, because they may be further away from what's happening in day-to-day culture. They may be further away from the workforce, you know, if they're retired and they're not actively participating. And what I think is really cool about this perspective is that Web3 is our opportunity as a society to reset the playing field when it comes to technology and the internet. And one of the best parts of it is that we can all become active creators and contributors through Web3 technology. Because remember, we own our stuff. It's tracked on a blockchain. So that can be attributed to us. And so when you have an aging population that is chock full of knowledge and experience, and that's, that's really always been... The problem with with aging societies is that you have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge that that gets lost, to, to be honest, as that aging population uh, starts to pass away. And so there's an interesting opportunity here for us to kind of reset our expectations for how aging populations can contribute to our societies using Web3 technologies. So, you know, the the example of Pan Lao Lao, whoever this person is, I have not seen them, but I like the name. Um <laughs> You know, whether it's making videos that, you know, highlight what they're doing in their rural economy or telling stories like I have no idea what their what their jam is, but the idea that that person could be compensated using Web3 technology in exchange for all of that rich knowledge and experience, I think is super cool. I think it's very promising for how we can sort of rethink or upend our approach to introducing technology into society in a way that's much more fair and much more inclusive. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Step3, an engagement marketing platform that helps brands build deeper customer relationships. Step3 makes it easy to design custom-branded membership programs that include rewards like exclusive content, VIP event passes, merchandise, discounts, and more. Unlock new revenue streams and enhance customer lifetime value with Step3's easy-to-use no-code tools go to step3.io to learn more
1: yeah uh, what i what i found <laughs> what i found uh, especially interesting or, or, or funny even is that um, well this uh, this politician this uh, Johnny Ng is um, is actually telling uh, telling these the seniors to to use uh, web3 to avoid uh, centralized, um, centralized corporations that uh, stay in the middle, and that could be a, an obstacle for, for for them when they try when they're trying to maybe benefit from from using the technology of the internet. So, so basically, um, uh, Johnny Ng here is is, is, saying, is emphasizing uh, the role of Web three as a decentralizer, and, uh, and he's basically telling them, well, you can avoid the you know these companies. You don't have to. Uh, to, to pass or to, to understand even, you know, how these companies work, you know, the, the Instagram, the TikToks or whatever, you, you, you can just, you can just, um, use it directly and, uh, connect uh, your knowledge, your experience, your physical, uh, sorry, your day to day life to, to, the te- to the technology or just use the technology to, to connect it to the to the audience without having to understand any of the in-betweens that are usually necessary. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's quite a leap, but, uh, but I don't know. I, I, I found it very encouraging, encouraging that this, this person was telling them, Hey, guys, <laughs> or all seniors uh, you can totally do this uh, and uh, not even that you don't have to learn anything you can just um, use this technology web3 to well to highlight whatever you you know and, the, and that cover, and that somebody may may not know about uh, you know um, something that you know how to do and that you've uh, some knowledge that you have acquired over, over your your time as you said and now uh, there is there is nothing impeding you from just sharing it and potentially uh, not only helping you but also helping, you know, the economy because well, um, uh, I think all throughout his speech he's he's um making these comments about, you know, encouraging community growth and all that. So so I think that part is also is also important. Um so I don't know, I, I
2: just um well, I, I appreciate Johnny's perspective and <laughs> yeah. his enthusiasm. I think he's a few cycles ahead of himself, though, to be honest. I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, We're no, not yet to funny. the place where we skip all the middle steps and just freely distribute our knowledge and experience. Although that is the vision. That's the hope. Uh, we, we've got a few hurdles to solve. Uh, right now, I can't imagine trying to get... Uh, my My grandfather into Metamask uh, to interact with web three, so it's getting better it's it's get, getting better it's coming and who knows maybe my, one of these days my grandpa's going to surprise me and show me a disney uh, a star wars collectible
1: or um, or or maybe the seniors in Hong Kong surprise you.
2: Maybe they they might pan out loud at and, a different and, level. And, and their friends might just might just surprise us. Anyway, <laughs> I think it's it's positive to see that Web3 is spreading to other parts of the economy, uh, which I think takes us to our next story, yeah?
1: Yes, but sorry, one final comment before we move on. Because uh, well, we have talked about well the, the nuances here because well, being a politician and having this message, which could be, as you said, you know, a bit far away. Um I also found it very interesting that um it's probably the first time i think it's the, the, the first time that that i see um web3 being marketed to seniors uh, because we we've seen um web3 used by companies industries and uh, never 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 directly to, to to seniors and i think um well that they are important increasingly important part of the citizenry and um uh, and, and I, I don't know i just i just liked this um uh, I just like this in particular that it's maybe the first time, but I, i'm sure I'm sure it will not be the the last time that we, we see these two, these two getting connected as um <laughs> I was also surprised to see the connection in the next story because we need to talk about uh, Brazil, so yes, we are moving all the way from uh, the, the u s with Disney to Hong Kong and now to to Brazil, and um, we're going to explore not. The main connection, which is, um, uh, well, as you you can imagine, something about Web3, but the surprising connection, to me at least, which is uh, Japanese food and Brazilian uh, people. I I didn't know that Brazilian people liked Japanese food, Uh, but apparently they do because there is this big company called the Grupo Rao, which um, is now exploring uh, Web3 to improve their uh, loyalty program the loyalty rewards uh, program and for for this of course um, they are well using all the all the basics uh, that web 3 offers to improve on uh, loyalty reward programs but uh, but yes so basically the whole story is this uh, Grupo Rao, which is uh, which is the largest Japanese food delivery service in Brazil is um, is getting on Web three to improve their loyalty program, and uh, I don't know. I think the connection of all of these uh, um, ideas, concepts, players, it's uh, it's something that we need to talk about.
2: Absolutely. Uh, anytime I hear the words membership and loyalty, you know my my ears perk up. Yeah. Um, so let's let's walk through the basics here. So uh, Grupo Rao... I'm totally not pronouncing that name the right way. Um, they're rolling out this rewards program, and so a few, a few sort of high-level uh, points to take away. So they're really targeting customer engagement with their rewards program, um, so really looking at ways to include things like perks, discounts, product vouchers, contests, et cetera, into their subscription. Um, they are focusing on becoming the lead, leading wallet provider in, in Brazil and the Latin American region. They're, uh, looks like they're going multi-chain. They're on the Moonbeam network, which is an interesting choice. We can definitely dig into that. Um, and, you know, expanding, it looks like their future roadmap is headed down this path of incentive rewards and gamification, which, you know, anybody who has listened to this podcast before or is familiar with what we do at step three, that's a huge part of our uh, vision of where this is all headed. So I'm very to happy see that this is happening uh, in other parts of the world too, and that you know, even big brands are starting to look at this and, and view Web3 as a new sort of channel to engage their customers on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always good
1: to see that um, a company may have a loyalty reward program, right? And they are using it to reward the users. And uh, when they see that this is not really working so well, that the engagement is not crazy, that the retention is not awesome. Um, they they, they think about it and the, and the solution they come to is uh, more often than not these days <laughs> uh, getting into Web3, right? Because, uh, well, that means that you're going to have something more um, interoperable and uh, something more potentially more engaging and that you can... Um, make more interesting for the user and that's why they are thinking of uh, well using this uh, using this uh, using web3 to improve their loyalty reward program and adding well uh, rewards incentives and gamification which uh, we've seen in a few in a few projects already and all through the same um all through the same uh, system whereas when you use let's call it web2 loyalty right uh which i guess is what the group Rao is using at the moment um, the connection of all of this—it's—it's uh, it's not so straightforward, right? It's—I think uh, we, we talked about this when we were exploring the the cereals, uh, this cereals company that was uh, getting into Web three. And um, in the past, people to to engage with the company beyond eating their cereal, they had to um, read the the website from the cardboard in the cereals, right? And then get into the browser and paste the the, the URL and then maybe get into the company's website. Um, uh, I guess now with uh, with web two it's somewhat similar. Maybe you use uh, maybe you use um, um, QRs and uh, maybe maybe it's a bit easier. But uh, but it's not as integrated as it can be when uh, when you have a, a a wallet that has everything that 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 you own on it. Well, not everything that you own, everything that you own in terms of uh, memberships, of course. Um, it, it makes it much more interesting and um, and much more valuable for the for the user. So it's interesting to see yet one more company uh, jumping on this, and uh, uh specific, especially especially good to see it coming from um, from Brazil, uh, which I don't think we haven't we have spoke, spoken about in the past, and also from a Japanese food delivery company. <laughs> because uh, I don't know how many sectors we've covered so far. Uh, that have jumped on the Web3 wagon. But um, yeah, I don't think Japanese food serv- food delivery services from Brazil was one of them. Um, yeah, ha- happy to see many more industries coming on this.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think there's something here that's, that's really important from a marketing perspective. Um, when we talk about the power of Web3 and we start overlapping things like rewards and engagement, if you're unfamiliar with the Web3 space, you might be thinking, why is this different than Web2? And, you know, why Why would we go to these lengths with this technology? And, you know, right now it's not a great user experience for a lot of people, but it's getting better. Why put all of these barriers in place when we can just, you know, track that person or we can use our own systems to try to understand who they are or track their engagement? And, you know, every day it's getting more and more clear that the walls are closing in on data privacy Uh, or, you know, being able to collect data from people. Data privacy is becoming a hot topic globally. I think all consumers are starting to get this pervading sense that we're being watched all the time by these systems that track our behavior. And we're not always... We're not always aware of where that data is stored, where it goes, who controls that data, who's buying and selling that data. And oftentimes we're not the beneficiaries of that activity. And so, what Web3 and particularly rewards and loyalty programs bring to the table is this ability for us to now collect our engagement with brands as a consumer. We can collect our own engagement. We can connect that to our NFT or a membership pass, and we can use that now as. Our proof of engagement, if you will. And so now when I I enter when I meet a new brand and they see that NFT or that membership pass that has my engagement history connected to it, they know how to treat me. They understand me better than, than if I had never seen the brand before. They can customize offers for me. They can do things that make me feel like I'm already known by the brand, which you know. At the end of the day, brands do that to some extent today, but the hoops they have to jump through and the way they go about collecting that data, I think is not in the best interest of consumers in most situations. And so Web3, I think, is just a big reset on the way we think about collecting user data, tracking user engagement, and really bringing people on board with rewards and incentives. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how this plays out.
1: Right, and uh, I mean, <laughs> I think I think um, a good summary for today it uh, could be could be the following because, well, following on what you said because, um, I mean, the, what what could be the case here? And it's not something in the future. So this is something that could happen uh, next week. <laughs> uh, a senior person from Hong Kong <laughs> could be buying uh, this uh, data collectible from Disney, and then traveling to Brazil, ordering this um, Japanese uh, food from Grupo Rao. And then um, connecting to the membership program, and this membership program from Group Orao is going to know that this person has a Disney NFT, maybe from Star Wars, and um, well, if they have some kind of, pro- of program that um, sp- specifies something something for for these users who have NFTs or data collectibles from Disney, maybe this senior citizen from uh, Hong Kong receives uh his Japanese food in a Star Wars themed the box. Uh only because well the, the Group of Rao people saw that um, this this guy had uh, you know N- NFTs or data collectibles from Star Wars in the wallet that he used to connect with uh Group of Rao's uh, membership program. And uh yeah I mean try to do this
2: <laughs> yeah try to do that in web 2.
1: <laughs> <laughs> try to do this now.
2: <laughs> yeah uh it's it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Well, I love your end-to-end example. Um, don't share it with Johnny because I have a feeling he'll try to steal you away from us and join the I mean. marketing team. But, uh, <laughs> I, I agree with your takeaways. The, the the bigger picture is starting to come together, and I think it's more and more clear every day that we are going to be able to do things with Web three that were never possible with Web two.
1: Yep, and uh, yeah, it's only it's only a matter of more people getting on board. And as we as as we saw today, well, people are getting on board from all over the world. So yeah, that's cool. And uh, well, I think that covers it, right? I think that's it. That's a wrap. Yes, nice. Okay, well, I'll see you next time. Thank you. All right, talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to Marketing Meets Web 3. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe in your favorite podcast app.